Welcome to 15 Minute Inferno. I'm your host with the most. I'm the shimmy with the sauce. I'm the eggs with the bacon. I'm the flannel with the undershirt. I'm Jacob. I'm your host. And I am late to the game, but I guess I'm going to try to talk about that. Uh, Oliver Anthony, Nor- old, old Richmond, Richmond, North of Richmond song. Uh, and I, I was thinking about doing a podcast about it, and then I decided not to. I decided not to. But uh, then I was talking to some dude, talking to some dude a few days ago, who I did not suspect, I did not suspect, would be a, would be a, a fan of the song. And I was out helping some family. I was out helping some family with uh with building the shed. We were building the shed out there in the country, building out shed building a shed outside there outside there Carlton. You know, Carlton's got about five houses. It's got about five houses. It's about ten miles west of K four. And we was out there on a little side rule, you see, building the shed. We're putting up the nailing boards on the roof. Uh, they got the trusses in earlier that week. They were putting up nailing boards, and I was cutting some tin. Now I was cutting some tin with a, with a bandsaw. Not a bandsaw. I don't even know what kind of saw you'd call it. But one of them wood saws, you know, where you push it across a board. And Man, that ain't that ain't the kind of saw you're supposed to use on some tin. And I was kept getting bit with little flakes of tin hitting my arms, and I tell you, it was unpleasant. Uh, but I was cutting tin, hauling tin. Well, the guys shed, the family members who shed it was well, Ethan. You know Ethan. He's been on this podcast before. He's been on the stream. Yeah, Ethan. Ethan was up there putting up the nailing boards on the roof, and I said, Ethan, you gotta have a harness. You need a harness for that roof. You know, OSHA, you'd have a harness. He said, I don't need no harness. I said, boy, I tell you what, you need you a harness. And he said, nah, nah, I need no harness. I mean, he ain't need a harness, but it'd be a good idea to have a harness. You know what I'm saying. Anyway, 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 anyway. A family member of mine was down from old Kansas City. Kansas City, Kansas City. There's a Beatles song about Kansas City, and I bet there ain't a Beatles song about the place where you live. So, and it ain't really a Beatles song. It's a Beatles cover of a song about Kansas City, but you know, you know, you know. Uh, my 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 family member was down from Kansas City. He was helping, and I asked him because I've been trying to get people's opinions on that song, and he said, "Yeah, you know, I I can't really stand it anymore. Uh, but I listened to it like a thousand times." When I first discovered, I couldn't stop listening to it. I have a way of, and this, these are his words, I have a way of ruining songs by over-listening. And I was surprised, because this dude, I ain't meaning any disrespect, but he's not the person I'd think that song's sort of about. Uh, man, Man's a banker. Man, I mean, he ain't, you know, he ain't wealthy, but he's, you know, he's certainly comfortable. Um... And I, I had to go back and listen to this song, because I listened to it once and been like, eh, you know. There was a line about fat people in there. And I sort of like, what? What? He got away with that? Um, and I mean, there's there's something that could be said about the way that he sort of like 
became this villain of the left for like a week or two and this hero of the right and then instantly became a uh, quasi all right person on the left and a villain of the right and it's all just like has nothing to do with his song and everything to do with the way that it made people feel right Um, and the way people sort of projected what they thought he was going to be about onto him or they had even realized any of any of his personal stances and like why that should even affect uh, one's reaction to a song, or even if the song doesn't resonate with you, why uh, one's feelings toward certain viewpoints um, should automatically discredit anybody who has a valid reaction to a piece of art. Um, and maybe that later latter point is sort of what I'm going to get into here. I don't really want to get into like the whole dynamics of of what shifted left and right um, about that song, but I do want to get into this whole, like, your feelings aren't valid shit, which I think is the best way I can put it. Because, uh, like I said, this cousin of mine, this family member of mine, he's, you know, he's he's not poorly off, and it was weird because I went back and listened to the song, and I, I was like, man, I, I just, I got to listen back to this because I don't really understand what this guy, what this guy found in it. Um... And you know when I listen to it a few more times, I can get I could get the catharsis, especially because right now, like I've said on this podcast, I'm still hunting for a job. I'm broke. I'm 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 broke, broke baby. I'm like I'm like I got enough money to make through the next week and a half, and then I'm gonna be zeros, zeros in the bank account again. Oh, but I'm not gonna get into that. Um. No, what I'm what I'm trying to get at with with this is, you know, there's something that like me, and this dude, listening to this song can both resonate with, and it's the anger, it's the frustration, and I think I was sort of trying to figure out like what makes this song good, what makes this song cathartic, and, man, you know, because I was also I've also been listening back to some of the Radiohead back catalog and like the B sides and the, and the stuff I hadn't listened to before. Because Radiohead was like, I don't even want to say my jam in high school, but that was just sort of like I ate that shit up. Um, and I've been trying to figure out, just sort of reevaluate, like where they suck, where are they good, where was like it all pretentious. And, you know, I was playing back some of the songs I used to love playing on the guitar. Like, some of the first songs I learned. Uh, Exit Music for a Film. Um, and Fake Plastic Trees last night. Couldn't sleep. And I was like, man, they used to just write songs. They used to just write songs. Like, real songs with real words that meant something. And I don't want to be like, oh, this song's great because it meant something. But I think that like what makes fake plastic trees or exit music for a film work isn't isn't um, like the emotional sleight of hand, you know. And this is why like Weezer's shit sucks. Like why they haven't put out a decent album. I mean, they put out a decent album. They, like they haven't put out a good album since Pinkerton. And ultimately, I think. Like story and emotion, not even emotion, but story and like archetypal stories, like love stories or horror stories, whatever. Like story and and genre, we can even call that genre. And genre and philosophy is a vehicle for feeling. And if you're sort of trying to like convey feeling, like if you're trying to like make 
people feel something or make people have a response and you're coming at it like intellectually, then whatever the thing you make is going to be dead. But if you're just an angry cuss and you're just like frustrated and then you find like a, an idea or an emotion or a story that's a vehicle for that feeling, it might not even like be an explanation of the feeling and it might not even be a like because like it might not be that story it was actually something you've lived but just something that gets across that feeling that's when you can throw all that rage and it's like yeah yeah man like okay my my cousin he ain't a minor he ain't living in Appalachia he ain't working in the hot mill steen but um Man's frustrated, and that's and that's what that song does for the listener as well. Like what you resonate with a, with a story or with a song, isn't because the story and the song hit all the right buttons. I mean, when it really gets to you, when it really gets to you in that wordless place, it's that it's sort of the feeling resonates with you. Like 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 the the story, the chords, the notes, it's all just a delivery mechanism. And what really resonates with you, you is that. That emotion and that feeling and that bile or that that joy or that confusion that was living in the artist when when he or she made the made the work, and 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 the, and the thing is just the delivery mechanism, like the artist's feeling, is is the vaccine is the is the science juice and the song is just the like syringe. Um. And so you know I. I think it's interesting there. Um, it's interesting there because I think also that that perspective illuminates something that's going on, which is, you know, there are there are people who are aggrieved, and and when it when it's been you know when it's been you know I don't know black people who grew up in suburban Ohio, they sort of like attack. They sort of like find institutional racism as a way to sort of explain their anger and when it comes to women they they resort to like sexual violence and and misogyny and and unfair pay and when it's men it's sort of like i got it hard and and the working man can't get ahead and welfare is just giving people who haven't worked it hard at all things when i haven't gotten anything and 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 it's just the trick of our culture at the moment that there's some of these perspectives which are sort of prioritized and there's some which are which are ridiculed and mocked. Um, but I think it's interesting if we just could take like zoom out and realize I don't think that like and like I'm not saying that there aren't that there isn't some truth that there might not be truth for certain individuals in some of these contentions. But I think that what all these different philosophies are really trying to get across, what they are the syringes for. Um, is a kind of demoralization. Like, Americans are demoralized. And objectively, Americans don't have it bad. Amer- like, objectively, and I'm not saying, like, Americans don't have it bad. I'm saying, like, in terms of what we think of when we think of having it bad, like, when we think in terms of... When we think in terms of, um, like, having enough to eat, having enough money to, like travel around, having a decent economy, like just, I think something like 30 or 32 grand puts you in the top 10 or 1% of all worldwide income earners, and I mean, just go to Kosovo, dog, like, like, just go to the Balkans, just go to the Balkans if you want to be cured of that shit, because it's like, 
those countries are in the median of the human development index. And they got a hell of a lot worse than we do and, and have a hell of a lot bleaker future. Um, and the only way really to make it in those places is to sort of leave or to, or to build wealth elsewhere and, and then struggle against uh, corruption the rest of your life as you try to, as you try to operate a business. Um, but there is this uniquely American sort of demoralization and, and the epidemic of depression, like, and depression is not because people aren't appreciative, and it's not because, I mean, it has some extent to do with doom scrolling, but I think a lot of it is, is that American society is demoralized. We are, we are demoralized at heart, and we're sort of trying to find things and reasons that explain why we have it bad, and we sort of want to have it bad. We sort of want to justify our bad feeling, and so we sort of, we find things like misogyny or, or institutional racism or or unfair taxation we sort of find something that would justify our anger that would justify this feeling that would that lets us feel okay for feeling like we got it bad but i think at the root of that feeling is just like this american demoralization and it's got something to do with people being turned in, into work cogs and i don't know if this is this is a thing in that was ever like sort of in, intentional in the government or if it was like a product of the industrial revolution i don't really know what it is but but in america we're work cogs man like like people are cogs in america like your identity is built around work your whole existence your whole identity who you are is built around your way of earning income and and now with the increasing corporatization of the workforce and and like sort of the lack of uh, emphasis on actual concrete skills and more on you know services like your the whole your whole existence is sort of being whitewashed into a, a more and more undisagreeable like uncomplainaboutable cog and it's no wonder it's no wonder that people are just at heart fucking demoralized and there's even something demoralizing about not having to struggle and you can choose to struggle in America. You can choose to have it hard, but but people don't. People people take sort of the easy route, the route of least resistance in their lives, and then you know. But they still need to feel like there was a struggle. Like people need to struggle, and when you never struggle, it fucking kills you. And then you want to find a reason for why you feel so bad. So I'm not I'm not diminishing anybody's perspectives with the song or with art generally. I'm not saying that their opinions are wrong, but I do think something there's something here symptomatic of something larger. Um, but also we need to have empathy for the way people different people feel about different things and not just shoot them down like people did with the song there at the start. All right, it's 15 chow.